here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New York Giants. This is the Giants Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Giants Wire editor Dan Benton. Welcome to the show. Good to be back to our normal weekly routine on the pod coming out of the bye week. But, uh, Dan, last week's show was a good time, right, with the guys from the Talking Giants podcast. I actually I, I really enjoyed that. Absolutely. It's always a thrill to have them on or, or to join their podcast. They're, uh, they're, they're interesting guys, Justin and Bobby. They're, yeah. really, they're really fun. They're really fun to have on the show. They're fun to talk football. They're very knowledgeable. I think that kind of gets lost in uh, in some of their antics, but uh, I, I think it's all in good fun. They're they're a unique blend of character, and I think it's really good for uh, Giants Nation to have guys like them. Yeah, it's it's fun. They come at it from different angles. You could tell Justin was definitely he was always coming at it with the stats. Here here's some stats to back my my takes up. Right, Bobby, he kind of shoots from the hip a little bit more. Right, so it was uh it was fun. It was it was a good time. Last week's show is definitely worth a listen if you haven't heard it yet. And, you know, still extremely relevant. We covered a, a lot of topics in that show. So uh, check that out for us and uh, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever works best for you. Just search for uh, the Giants Wire. All right, Dan, coming out of the bye week, I thought it could be fun just to kind of reset things with five questions. Let's let's fill the first couple segments this week before we get to this big game against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Five questions coming out of the bye week to reset our thoughts on the Giants. That sound good to you? Hey, sounds great. Fire away. All right, Dan is not prepped on these questions so that's just, that's just the caveat right let's we'll say that right off the bat you, you do you have not seen these questions i have not but, no. but this one's kind of a softball I'll start you off easy dan here i'm putting this one on the tee for you another upset filled week right between the bucks the giants next opponent going down in washington ravens losing to miami on thursday night arizona lost to carolina the steelers tied the lions which was hilarious that was probably my favorite result of the weekend that um, was such a brutal game yeah, to watch. it was but it was so funny it was so funny it bled right into those that late afternoon window it's just like will somebody win this freaking game um here's my question to you right we've had two weeks of this which heavily favored team do you think is in the most danger this week and i'm going to give you some options based on typico ravens six and a half point favorites going to chicago browns Nine and a half. That might have changed, but Browns nine and a half point favorites at home against the Lions. Oh, I'm raising my eyebrow at that one. Uh, the Bucks, they're ten and a half point favorites at the Giants. Bills seven and a half point favorite going. Uh, they're home against the Colts or uh, my Patriots on fire. Six and a half point favorites on the road at Atlanta. Which which one of these heavily favored teams, Dan? Do you oh. think is in the most danger this week? You know, on the surface, those are pretty lopsided games, uh, potentially. Um, boy, feet to the fire. I'm not really sure which one I want to oh, pick. You're, so you're not automatically going to the Giants, which is this is really what I, I was I, trying. Uh, this is a sneaky way I, of me nope. trying to figure out how you feel about this game. No, nope, I think honestly, my my gut instinct tells me to go to the Colts Bills game. I, I you know the Bills are so they just seem so inconsistent this year you kind of don't really know what you're going to get from them at any given moment i mean you look back to that jags jaguars game a couple weeks ago and, and you, you sure just shake your head like you know what what in the world is happening there how are they so inconsistent and it's not that you know the cults are necessarily consistent you know themselves but you know they've had a couple games this season where they they looked pretty good and you know they're coming off two wins for the last five they're starting to heat up a little bit I guess if I was, you know, to have to pick one, I, I think I, I would take the Colts. Not a bad one. Not a bad one, right? The Colts could take it away on defense. They're pretty opportunistic, and they can run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. He's 
unbelievable. So yeah, right. I could I could yeah. see the Colts winning that football game. Uh, I I think uh, Tom Brady, Bucks, look out, look out. You know, Tom Brady, he hates playing the Giants. More on that coming up in a little bit. But my pick, I think, is the Bears, believe it or not. Really? I've got Justin Fields fever, and I'm way down on the Ravens. I hate the Ravens. I actually, on the Bears Wire podcast I do with Alyssa Barbieri over there, I picked Mm -hmm. the Bears in this game two weeks ago before the Ravens lost to Miami. Uh, I was was already on the the train, so i got to stick with it. So my pick is going to be the Bears against the Ravens. I think the Ravens are a flawed team. Right, they, they've had a couple ugly games in the past few weeks, no yeah. doubt about yeah. it. The, Ra- um, the Ravens are flawed. They're, they're overrated in my book. They're they're almost as overrated as the Rams, Dan. Almost as overrated as the Rams. Let's let, let pump the brakes on that. I think <laughs> I think people are I think people are falling out of love with the Rams a little bit too quickly. Uh, but you know, I guess that's a topic for a different podcast. But I, I could see that. I suppose if I had to pick a secondary option, that actually might be it, just because. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily call it a toss-up, but it certainly has that sort of potential to the game. Um, but I mean, if I'm a Batman, I'm still putting money on the Ravens in that one. I think Ravens Bears. That could be the ugliest game of the week in Chicago. Like, look out! That's going to be an ugly. Well, ugly I, game. I guess if, yeah. If the weather's nasty too, that'll certainly yeah. add different elements yeah. to it. All right, let's move on here. Uh, question number two for you, Dan. If the season ended today, the Giants would pick twice within the top eight, which is uh, kind of wild. What position groups do you hope, as a fan? the Giants are targeting in the first round. Now, I know a lot of this, in, in reality, this has to do based on who's available, who's the highest guy on your board, whatever. I'm just saying, as a fan, if you could pick a position group to target in the first round with your two picks, what are you targeting? I, I know some are going to wish that I said quarterback, but that's not what my answer is going to be. Good job. It's, Good job. It's, it's, it's going to be offensive line, and it's going to be edge rusher. And, and I really, when you break down the Giants, that's where they struggle the most. And granted, you know, we went off last week about – you know, Quincy Roche and Aziz Ojolari, and, and could they be the guys? Maybe. Maybe they could be, but you can't bank on maybes. The Giants need a legitimate game-changing edge rusher. They have to have one, and they desperately, desperately need another offensive tackle or a top-end guard. Now, I wouldn't necessarily love to see a guard taken in the top 10. That wouldn't be my favorite thing in the whole world, but if there's really a top-end offensive tackle there to book in with Andrew Thomas, I, I think that's where the Giants have to go first and then edge rusher with that second first-round pick. Yeah, we're really close. I had offensive tackle number one, outside linebacker number two. But any any guy that can start right away, Dan, and get pressure on the quarterback without some like elaborate scheme, that's what I want. I just want right. that, natural that pressure. Is, that is exactly what the Giants need. You, you, they need someone that doesn't need to be schemed into the pressure. It, ha- it has to be an organically created pressure edge rusher is what they need. Yeah, and, and sorry, giant angry Giants fans, but I'm not looking for a quarterback in the draft. I just don't. I don't think you're going to find anyone better than Daniel Jones in this one. So uh, that that was that was the trick question there. I was hoping we steering. I, I knew what you were going to answer, Dan, but I know Giants fans probably listening to that question. A lot of them are probably like quarterback. But no, no, no. I don't. I don't want a quarterback in this draft, right? Nope. No, Sorry, so we're not going, not going there. there again. Listen to last week's episode. We covered that. Uh, that at, in depth. Ad nauseum, we covered the Daniel Jones situation. Uh, all right, I'm going to turn the heat up on Dan uh, right after this. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number 11. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts versus the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans' weakness is its pass defense, and while we've seen somewhat of a transformation by the Eagles into a power running team all of a sudden, expect a return to the aerial game as the primary source of attack. New Orleans ranks as the third worst defense against quarterbacks in the last five weeks. More recently, in the last three games, this unit has given up 47.6% more fantasy points per game 
than the league average. Both of the rushing scores by quarterbacks against the Saints have come in the most recent two contests, and it never hurts to have Jalen's legs as a bonus. Tennessee Titans running back Deontay Foreman against the Houston Texans. Houston is one of three teams that has allowed more than 1,000 rushing yards so far, and they've done so in only nine games played. Also, this unit has given up the second most rushing yards in that time on a per-game basis. Six touchdowns have been scored in the last four games against this group, and one in every 20.6 rushing attempts has found the end zone for the sixth highest rate. While Foreman will share some touches in the backfield, he has potential for a touchdown and should be good for close to 70 total yards. Not too bad for a flex spot. An even better play should come from wide receiver T. Higgins, Cincinnati Bengals at Las Vegas Raiders. Higgins has scored 13 PPR points and change in each of the last three games, but he remains scoreless in five appearances since week two. The Raiders have been mired by injuries and personnel woes of late, going from being one of the stronger defenses of the position on the year to giving up six of seven total touchdowns to wide receivers in the last four games alone. Coming out of the bye, Higgins is due for a touchdown. New Orleans Saints tight end Adam Troutman at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eight different tight ends have scored 10 plus PPR points points on the year versus Philadelphia, and all but one happened in the last five weeks. Five of those eight touchdowns have come in the last six games, and this is among the best possible matchups for the week. In the last three games, Troutman has been targeted at least five times in each contest, and he's finally starting to show the signs of life that made him an early offseason sleeper prior to being derailed by an injury. He's a flyer for a touchdown and could be a hot DFS play. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Dan, question number three. Give me the one Giants player. We're at the midway point, right? So give me the one Giants player you're most doubt on this season. The Giant who's fallen most short of your preseason expectations. Oh, boy, that is that is some sort of loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is, yeah. Um, Good luck. It's a, wow. There's a lot to choose from. They're, they're, yeah, it's almost overwhelming, unfortunately, and that speaks <laughs> volumes about, about where the Giants are. Um I think the easy answer, not that anybody had any, you know, massive expectations for either of them, but Nate Solder and Matt Perk have, have really, they've hurt the team. And that there's just no other way to put it. They've hurt the team. I think arguably that duo has hurt the team probably more than any other person individually uh, at any other position group on the team. For that reason, and I did, I, and you've heard me say it on this show multiple times. I said it on Talking Giants as well. I expected Matt, I mean, uh, Nate Solder, with all of the off-field stuff no longer, you know, being in his head constantly, to come back and play healthier after a year away. I just expected better from him, and he just hasn't lived up to those expectations by any stretch of the imagination. So for me personally, and I know other Giants fans would certainly disagree with this, they'll have their own opinions. A lot will undoubtedly say Daniel Jones. But for me personally, I think Nate Solder has fallen very, very well short of the expectations I had set for him. Yeah, mine was, uh, this is not going to surprise you, Dan. Mine's Kenny Galladay. 
Kenny Galladay's another one. I, I didn't want to name. I don't want to necessarily name an injured player. Though. Yeah, I hear you, but I'm still annoyed that he's injured with hamstrings and a hyperextended right. knee. And I, I know, well, I've never heard of someone missing a month with a hyperextended right. knee. But maybe well, listen, I'm an a hole. It's it's funny because Dave Gettleman once said he doesn't hire or doesn't sign injured players because injured players get injured. And well, here we are. So yeah, you know. I mean, right now that that contract with that money, forty million guaranteed, that's an F right now. You've got 19 receptions. Out of Kenny Galladay, nineteen, yeah, no touchdowns, and he's only played in six of nine games. It's it's has not been good, right? And, and yet, ironically, he's the highest graded offensive player on the team. That is ironic, yeah. But I still, I can't, I can't look at that. Yeah, PFF, don't get me started on PFF. Now, so nineteen catches, three hundred and ten yards, no touchdowns. Now, the average yards per catch is good. That's it. Right. That's it. I'll, I'll say another one who's drastically underperformed is Kyle Rudolph. I think the expectations for him were significantly higher. And with Ingram's early injuries, you know, you, you would have expected him to produce at a much higher clip than he has, particularly in the red zone. And that just hasn't been the case. And we could do a whole podcast on Giants that are disappointing us. Yeah. Uh, but let's, uh, okay, so this will be fun. What Giants player was your biggest stud of the first half of the season, Dan? So this is the other hat, other side of that coin. Does uh, Eli Penny count? Or you can you can no. talk about Eli Penny all you want. Yeah, you're you're allowed to do whatever you want. This is your podcast. Uh, we we love Eli Penny, I, honestly, and I, I think this might come as a surprise to some people because there's this perception out there, and we talked about this last week again um, that he's playing poorly. But I would say Leonard Williams. I think he's playing. You know, an exceptionally high level of football this year, uh, both as a pass rusher and as a run def- run defender in particular. I think he's really stepped up his game as a run defender, and that's been much needed um, in the absence of Dalvin Tomlinson with some of the changes on the interior offensive line. And that speaks volumes about where Williams is compared to the rest of the team because the Giants have struggled tremendously against the run, particularly on the inside, and, and yet he's playing at such a high level. I think, you know, I think he's more than living up to his contract, contrary to what the perception may be. No, I actually gave Leonard Williams a lot of consideration, but I also went defense and I went with Xavier McKinney. I think he's been good. I think he's been really good. Second round pick in 2020. He's been consistent. Four interceptions. I know he got a couple of them recently, but whatever. The pick six, like fifth on the team in tackles, breaking up passes. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. I think Xavier McKinney is He's been like right. a, you know, not only has he been one of their most consistent players, but he's been like a, a, you know, a pleasant surprise how well he's played. Yeah, I, if, and now if I would have had to go down the line, he, he would have legitimately been my my second pick on that list with Dory Jackson probably right there too. Another player who, you know, the perception is that he's not playing particularly well, and and granted, he certainly does have some issues when it comes to tackling and his run defense specific to the tackling. But outside of that, I, I think he's played exceptionally well, arguably even better than James Bradbury. Yeah, and, and not to tease last week's show again, but you know, Daniel Jones was not in my consideration for this either of these picks. Like biggest dud, biggest stud. He wasn't in my consideration, but I wish he was the biggest stud, right? I wish he was, but for a, a multitude of reasons, uh, he has not been your best player this year, which is a little disappointing. A little bit. Right. Now, had you asked me that question two, two and a half, three weeks ago, I think that, you know, maybe maybe, maybe yeah. the argument could have been made that Jones did fit that bill. But the last few games, for whatever reason, whatever you want to blame it on, the scheme, the rolling away from pressure, whatever it may be, his interceptions, his turnovers, whatever it is, it, it's really knocked him back a couple pegs. And that's that is unfortunate. All right. Here's question number five. And then we're going to move on to Giants Bucks, which I'm I'm excited to talk about. Uh, <laughs> but this one, Dan, is kind of random. Uh, my brother-in-law lives in Ohio diehard Bills fan, and I live out in New Hampshire, and I'm not a Bills fan, I'm a Patriots fan, Uh, but 
<laughs> I have a friend who bought Bills tickets way back in the day when the Bills sucked. Uh, you know, when you could, they were giving away season tickets like candy over there. Uh, he bought season tickets just to like go to the Patriots game and uh, in Buffalo and then like sell the rest of the tickets off. And now he's making quite a bit of money now, now that the bills are good. Uh, and and that, so that worked out great for him. That's a so, good investment right yeah, there. So I was hanging out with my brother-in-law visiting family over the summer. And I'm like, you know what? Like, we could go to a Bills game. Like, I got a buddy. He's got season tickets. Why, why don't we just go to a Bills game? So I texted my buddy, randomly picked this game against the Colts. Uh, and I'm driving up there to uh, experience the uh, craziness that is, you know, Buffalo, Bills Mafia, yeah. whatever's going on there. I, I heard there's a dude that runs around and gets squirted with ketchup and mustard and we all know that we all know that people are jumping through the tables and I want to like do the whole experience, but uh that led me to this question. I'm I'm hoping to have like a really fun different NFL football experience right. that resonates with me. What's been your favorite football experience? Uh you know, either in the NFL or college. What's been your favorite football experience? I've had, man, I've had so many of them. I I love going down to Mikey Stadium and watching Army play. I think that's one of the most underrated and overlooked experiences that a football fan can possibly have. Anybody, I would encourage anybody that has the opportunity to go down to Mikey Stadium to watch Army do it, particularly if it's if it's a a military game. Something you know, against Air Force is a good example. Uh, Navy games tend to be away you know they, they kind of have their own stadium games now but if you could go to like an army air force game i would highly encourage everyone to go experience that uh the military the flyovers the pregame is, is off the hook um and another one you know another one that i would go to obviously giants east rutherford but not a game experience uh one of my favorite experiences was several years ago uh, uh g16 lot g16 and at metlife stadium uh they had a tailgate that was easily one of the largest tailgates i've ever seen it had to be 800 plus people it was unbelievable they had uh gary jeter god rest his soul stephen baker uh, a bunch of uh, rodney hampton was there a bunch of former giants were hanging out you know there, there was you know, people cooking they had the uh the cheer squad not the giants official cheer squad since they don't have one but there was a cheer squad that was there you know like i said former players it's just it was just off the hook it was one of the craziest experiences i had one of the people from jersey shore was there giving out their you know, shots of their their new alcohol, and I forgive me, I I don't pay attention to that show, so I couldn't tell you which one it was. Um, but yeah, it was just an absolutely off the hook experience, and it's funny that you asked me that because that just came up in one of my social media memory posts, and there was a picture, an overhead picture of just how massive this crowd actually was. It was almost surreal to look at, but wow. yeah, that was, that was easily one of the wildest experiences I've ever had at a football game. Yeah, that's awesome. And we we were talking, and you actually told me that. You have never had a fan NFL fan experience away from East Rutherford, and I found that uh, that that's interesting, Dan. But oh, I, I'm sure. not surprised. You you like you're kind of a homebody, right? You're not trying to like you're not trying to go to like Tampa Bay, right? You're not trying to go to like see the Bucks in Tampa Bay or anything like that. No, I, I, college games I'll, I'll travel yeah. for. I, yeah. I will. Um, but when it, it's difficult too, you know, when you got to cover the NFL on Sunday, your choices are you know they're exceptionally limited as for to sure. what experience yeah. you can have away from that. Um, I'll soon be living in Tennessee, and, and you could bet your bottom dollar I'll be going out to see some Titans games, though. So that'll yeah. that'll change. That'll change in the future. This will be a different one for me. Bills, Colts. I'm just gonna try to like blend That's gonna in. Be experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna try to blend it. We got really good seats, like first row end zone. So yeah. like I'm gonna have really good seats where all the diehards are, and I'm gonna be like kind of trying to blend in and 
not let anybody know that I'm uh, actually a Patriots <laughs> fan who's yeah, probably wearing a Tom that, Brady sweatshirt underneath my right, coat. You know? yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't think the Bills fans would appreciate that no, too much. No, so I'm going to have to keep that under the radar. Good thing they're not listening to the Giants Wire podcast, I don't think. <laughs> well, uh, as far as we know, we'll, we'll find out. All right, that wraps up five questions. Coming up next, we're going to break down Giants, Bucks, and make a pick against the spread. We'll do that right after this. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Chargers. Our friends at Typical Sportsbook have the Chargers laying five and a half. Money lines plus 200 for the Steelers, minus 250 for the LA Chargers, and the total is sitting at 46 and a half. I'm taking the underdog Steelers at plus five and a half. Uh, um, the Steelers have a huge edge in coaching matchup between Mike Tomlin and Brandon Staley. They're much better on third down and red z- and in the red zone. The Chargers have a negative differential in third down and red zone conversion rate. Also, if you blindly fade the more popular side, which is the Chargers, you win 63% of your primetime games this season. Nate, how are you looking at this game? I'm going with the under 46.5. The Chargers by far have the worst rush defense in the league. Pittsburgh is 25th in opponent's rushing yards per game. It's going to be a lot of running, a lot of killing the clock, especially if we don't know Big Ben's status. I'm going with the under. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Dan, I'm looking at Tipico. The line is 10.5. The Bucks favored over the Giants at home in this game. Earlier this week, it was 11.5, so the line has at least moved a point for some reason. Maybe people are liking the Giants, and how can you not, Dan? Give me a second. I'm going to try to talk you into this because I could tell back in our five questions that you, you don't seem like you're high on the Giants in this game, but how can you not be? Because Tom Brady, he hates playing the Giants, Dan. I'm just going to go through my, my note. I went back. I did, I did a lot of research on this because I had to. Again, I'm a Patriots fan, so reliving some of this was really painful for me. Uh, last year, the Bucks won 25-23 in New York, but that was a pretty close game, right? I mean, were the Giants ever going to win it? I don't know. I, they scored a late touchdown to get it closer, yeah, but still. still. Yeah, I, if Daniel Jones didn't throw that interception, I think we'd be having a different conversation. It was about close. They had a chance. <laughs> 25-23. Bucks won it. Okay, now we got to go back to 2019, right? The Patriots, this is when Brady was with the Patriots. The Pats crushed the Giants 35-14, but it was 21-14 at half. That was the year the Giants were just turning the football over like crazy, and there was four turnovers. Patriots pull away, blow out the Giants. So that one's kind of the outlier. 2015, go back to 2015. The Patriots win 27-26 against the Giants on a last-second Steven Guskowski field goal. So they almost lost that one. 2011, Oh, man, 2011. Oh, boy. Uh, Pats and Brady lose to the Giants twice, 24-20 during the regular season, and 21-17 in the Super Bowl. Wes Welker, catch the freaking ball. Catch the freaking ball, Wes Welker. Come on. 
Uh, anyway, oh god, yeah, I knew this would be painful for me. Uh, <laughs> two thousand seven. Oh man, the year that shall not be named. I, I oh, never do boy, this. That's a good one. That's my favorite memory right there. Pats barely beat Giants at the end of the regular season, 38-35 to cap the perfect regular season. But as we know, they lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl, 17-14. So, okay, let me – so as painful as that was for me to do, uh, that's seven games, and Brady is 4-3 and three against the Giants in those seven games with two of those three losses in Super Bowls, ouch, and three of the four wins by three points or less, Dan. So, so here's what I'm trying to say. Tom – hates playing the Giants. He loses sleep when he plays the Giants. There's He sees the demons. He sees ghosts. He hates playing that franchise. It just is what it is. How can you not pick the Giants at plus 10 and a half in, on the, in this one? Come on, man. Well, I'll tell you, and I, and I could be wrong, but I feel like there was a fifth Brady win in there. I, I feel like he's 5-1 and one against the Giants in the regular season. I could be mistaken. Regardless, I, I look at the game on an individual one-versus-one basis, and right now, and I'm not saying the Giants aren't desperate, but the Buccaneers are beyond desperate. And Tom Brady is a ticked-off SOB right now. And he is not having fun, and he doesn't want to lose to the Giants to compound that issue. And I just get this feeling that Brady is going to not just will the Buccaneers to a victory. I get the kind of sense that Giants fans are not going to like hearing this. I get the sense that the Buccaneers are just going to absolutely wipe the floor with the Giants on Monday night. If I had to bet the spread, I'm I'm taking the Bucks. Wow, I did not. <laughs> expect I, I really this. am. I know they're standing at cornerback, and they've got some cornerback issues. And, and maybe my opinion will evolve a little bit as the week moves on, depending on who is and who is not healthy. But looking at things as of this recording right now, where the Giants are, where the Buccaneers are, uh, you know, where the Buccaneers desperately need to be and what needs to happen. Plus, it's a road game. We don't know if the Giants are going to have Saquon. We don't. We don't think they're going to have you know Sterling Shepard. They may or may not have Andrew Thomas. That's not looking overly promising at, at the at the moment. The Buccaneers' pass rush absolutely eats the Giants' offensive line alive if Thomas doesn't play. Uh, I don't necessarily know that. The Giants, who have struggled with against big plays this season, are going to be able to shut down someone like Mike Evans. Brad Brace had way too many hiccups. Granted, he's extremely familiar with that matchup, so that may benefit him. Uh, but I just don't necessarily see the scenario in which the Giants go down to Tampa, once again put it on Tom Brady, and really dramatically damage Tampa Bay's opportunity in the NFC. I just, I just don't see that. Okay, so that is uh, some some. Strong commentary from Dan Benton making me rethink my pick here because I really did like the Giants. You're going to give me 10 and a half? 10 and a half? I, oh, man. I, 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 unfortunately, and I know the Giants have played predominantly close games under Joe Judge, but they have these outliers. We've seen two of them this year. We saw a couple of them last year where they just they just don't look good. Not to mention, and I, again, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but the Giants in primetime is – the biggest disaster <laughs> in the NFL. They yeah. just, and that's historically. That's not even. That's not even recent data. That's just historically. More recently, it's actually even worse than it is historically. Uh, so many trends would have to be bucked, and so many, you know, what if could be maybe scenarios would have to play out in order for the Giants to win this game. I just don't think that, based on the law of odds alone, that that it's going to work out for them. Do you think the Giants can score enough points? You know, one of my favorite topics. Hey, hey, everybody, the Giants can't score. Um, no. <laughs> do you think they can score enough points to uh, to hit the over in this game? It's 49 and a half, so right at that key number of 50. You think uh, you think the Giants can score enough for this game to go over? 
Well, that really depends on who they have back. But I'm going to say yeah. no. I yeah. just don't think so. I just do not think so. So, you know, if I if I'm taking I'm taking uh, you know the Buccaneers with the spread and the under. That's that's where I would go with this. All right, Giants fan. I tried. I I brought all the stats, all the stuff about <laughs> listen, Giants being Brady's kryptonite. I I did my best. I could not do it. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't sway you. With the schedule that's coming up, if there was ever a time where I would love nothing more than to be wrong, it would be <laughs> this game right here. For me, it's like as a from a betting perspective, the Giants went in the Kansas City on a spread like this and covered yeah. it. So yeah. you know, could could they do it to the Bucks, who just lost to Trevor Simeon and Taylor Heineke? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I, I think that's I think that's the reason why that's that's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> And it's funny, my my buddy, my buddy is is you know is a huge Washington fan, has been his entire life, and uh, I know no one's going to believe this because there's no record of it other than our private conversation. But at kickoff of that game, I I I texted him and I said, I'm telling you right now, Washington's going to win this game. He thought I was absolutely insane, and he messaged me every the game. He's like, I don't know what you did, I don't know how you did it, but whatever it is, just keep doing it. And uh, and I knew it would be doomed for the Giants if Washington went in and, and won that game because it's just like I said, it's gonna it's gonna make Arians, it's gonna make you know Brady, it's gonna make the crew mad, and uh, it's a difficult enough matchup as it is without the desperation on the Buccaneers side. You have a good track record, so I don't I, you, you can't love the Giants' chances going to Tampa. What is this? This is Sunday night, right? Sunday night game. Monday, Monday oh, it's, night. A, it's Monday night. Okay, I knew it was Monday night game. Night. So Monday and night. They're wearing their, uh, they're wearing their alternate uniforms, which I don't believe they've won in, oh, in forever. So All, right. <laughs> All kinds of karma circling around this game. Uh, should be fun. Good to be back talking football uh, and be back into the flow of the regular season. Uh, we'll see if the Giants can go win nine games like like Justin Pennick was uh, predicting on the pod last week, Dan. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you don't like their chances to get off to a good start on that on that note. But, no. Uh, but I'll tell you what, there's going to be a lot more positivity, you know, coming up after this week. And what yeah. we're really looking forward to, I know, you know, don't want to look too far ahead. Uh, but after after Monday night, we've got the Eagles. And boy, oh boy, that's going to be a fun one. And I cannot wait to talk about that next week. 100%. Yeah, there's going to be some storylines, to say the <laughs> least, uh, swirling around that one. And this is really the end of the gauntlet. Uh, you know, the, 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 the schedule is going to soften. So uh, it's going to be fun. For Dan Benton, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we will catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.